Hi, I'm Charles. I'm Christine. And, and we, we eat stuff. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast where we eat stuff and talk about things. This is Christine Guthrie, and I am one half of the blog We Eat Stuff. Thanks for listening. In this podcast, we are seeking out people in St. Louis related to food, cooking, drinking, and eating. Our interview this week is with Drew Lucido, who is currently bartending at Taste. You can find Drew on Instagram at dl underscore drinks, where he posts his creations and also some pictures of his dog. We had a good time delving into some of Drew's recipes and talking about all the minutiae that goes into developing his cocktails. Also, I thought he's a really good storyteller when it comes to talking about his food memories. Please enjoy our conversation with Drew. Hi, Drew. Hi. What's up? Not much. How are you guys? Very good. Excellent. Wonderful. Having a nice Sunday. Yeah. Afternoon. Oh, yeah. It's been really great out, so. Yeah. Outside a little bit, and worked a little bit, and now I'm hanging out with you guys. Sweet. Sweet. Well, welcome. Thank you. Tell us about this nice spread you have here. What are you going to do for us? Um, so since it was such a nice day, I thought uh, gin and tonics would be a mm-hmm. good drink to enjoy while we talked. So mm-hmm. I I brought uh, my house tonic syrup, mm-hmm. which is, uh, it's an agave base. Mm-hmm. So it's agave syrup, mm-hmm. uh, water, uh, lemon peel, grapefruit peel, a little bit of green cardamom, some star anise, mm-hmm. a little oh, bit wow. of cinnamon. Uh, gentin root for bitterness, and yeah. then I make a uh, quinine tincture wow. of uh, powdered quinine and vodka. Wow! So that gives mm. it, you know the medicinal quality to yeah. it. Yeah. Does it have almost like an ango kind of flavor to it? Yeah, it's definitely very like savory mm. and uh, cool. rich. A um, little richer than I think most people expect out of a gin and tonic, but mm. it's okay. It's uh, a lot of fun to drink. Nice. And gin right. bottle has a nice little top hat. Yeah, well, we, got, we, got, uh, <laughs> we got Broker's Gin here, which mm. is uh, one of my favorites. Mm. Delicious for a very reasonable price. Uh, cool. Ever had uh, Knickerbocker barrel-aged gin? I've never had the barrel-aged. I like it a lot, because actually it was aged in bourbon barrels, I think, and had had a little bit more of a bourbon kind of like savory flavor to it, and I like oh, nice. it a lot. It's really yeah. good and, like a uh, Negroni. Awesome, yeah. I mean, I love... Um, the old Tom Jam that yeah. uh, is barreled aged. I do like that one. I also like their vodka, actually. I usually don't like vodka. But I like their vodka. I like Zam- Zamir's uh, vodka, too. Oh, yeah. Should. Zamir's is fantastic. Mm. There's an article in this. Oh, Whoa, look out. Uh-oh. A little fizzy. <laughs> what was that, Waffles? Oh, no. It tastes okay. It tastes <laughs> By the way, people, that's me doing Waffles' voices and actually talking. Yeah, he does. Yeah, there was a really interesting uh, article in Imbibe Magazine this month about um, people doing their own um, house infusions, and um, they talked one of the reasons these, they, they did this article is because they went to a, like a local like bartender exhibit, and they drank a gin and tonic with someone's house-made tonic syrup, and they got sick because the quinine mm. 
there's too much quinine in it. And mm. It's like quinine overexposure can make you really sick. Really? I didn't know that. Hmm. That was really interesting. Hmm. You know, they talked about uh, how tobacco is now a thing and that people are having sometimes had like a smoky flavor well that can make people sick yeah right and then they were just like totally against that and i was like yeah that makes sense i don't really want to i don't think i'd ever want someone to put tobacco in one of my cocktails there are there are better ways to add smoke and Mm -hmm. those flavors Hmm. interesting Um, is that a pretty solid recipe for your tonic or do you continually it's um so this has been the recipe for quite a few um so i guess i perfected it when i was working at juniper mm-hmm. um and it was on the menu you know that's how we made our gene teas there and I've, I've used it at every other restaurant i've worked at since um you know it's Thanks kind of a, a special you're welcome it's kind of a special request thing but yeah people cool. seem to like it cheers nice. cheers that's good like that that is nice. Nice and refreshing. Very yeah. herby. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I'm I'm not used to my gin and tonics having a little color to them like this. Like what you should tell it's pretty amber colored. Yeah. The um, syrup there. So definitely from the agave, mm-hmm. it gets a darker earth tone. Um, and then just the other herbs and spices. Yeah. Um, since it's the actual stuff in there being um, soaked up into the syrup mm-hmm. for the flavor and not just like a uh, and like an artificial flavoring and or, uh, you know, people use like, tink, you know, uh, I'm at a loss for words now. Um, like a very, like, concentrated version of something that you can add, like, you know, like a concentrated cardamom flavor, oh, which is mm-hmm. what a lot of, sure is right yeah, like yeah. a lot of people will do that for, I think a lot of the bigger guys use like the concentrated flavors. Hmm. Well, this is nice. I like oh, it. Thank you. Very good. Um, so Drew, who are you? Who am I? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm Drew Cito. Uh, I'm a bartender. Uh, I'm currently working at uh, Olio, uh, and then I also run the bar programs at uh, Nixta, and then Parigi, so for Ben Peremba's restaurants, and I will mm. soon be moving over to Taste Bar mm. and uh, running the program there. Mm-hmm. How soon? Uh, the 15th will be my first day. Oh, wow. Um, but I'm, I'll probably be training for a month or so, gotcha. I would imagine, because okay. I want to make sure we can I wanna understand the systems before I take them over. Yeah. Sure, yeah. yeah this will probably air um, after you start there, so be, this will be perfect. So. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we, I went online today and looked at all your past episodes, uh, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I was like, I know that person, that person, that person, that person, that yeah. person. <laughs> We like bartenders. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're a good crew here in St. Louis. Yes, they are, yeah. We got a lot of great people here, a lot of great talent. Yep. So I did not know you used to work at Juniper. Yeah. yeah. How long ago was that? So I would say almost like, two years ago, mm-hmm. I left Juniper hmm. um, and moved to Olio. Mm-hmm. So I, I, was, I ran, I was at Juniper about a year and a half, six months as just a bartender, and then about a year as the bar manager. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a great experience. It's definitely, you know, one of the best restaurants in town, I think. Yeah. Their food is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and it was a lot of fun. I got to do a lot of experimentation and hmm. we did the, uh, Jubilee pop-ups a few times, whereas myself and another bartender like teamed up and then hmm. we like, we had another restaurant come in and do the food and then, so we would like match the cocktails to the food and that was a lot of fun. Very mm-hmm. challenging sometimes to match the cocktails to certain, uh, styles of food. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when we did, uh, Gorilla Street Food. Mm. Uh, that was one of our first ones and that was like a challenge for us to try to figure out 
what kind of cocktail, what kind of ingredients we could get to like kind of match those flavors. Mm-hmm. Cool. But it was a lot of fun. We had a great time doing them. Cool. And where else have you worked in town? So before Juniper, I was at Sanctuaria. Mm. That's kind of where I got my start um, in the cocktail world. Sure. Uh, and then before that, I worked at Manja Italiano mm. on Grand. And yep. I worked there for years, years. I started out as a uh, busser there. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was wow. 16. Mm. Oh, wow. Uh, and I kind of worked my way up. And then when I turned 21, they had a opening and the bar staff and mm-hmm. I'd been bar backing for about two years and they moved me up to bartender and that's kind of how I fell in love with bartending and mm-hmm. cool. it's a different style than what I do now but it's a lot of mm. the stuff is still the same it's all about interacting with your customers and sure. making people happy yeah absolutely cool who um kind of taught you the ropes about cocktail and drink making and all that sort of stuff um so I started out kind of teaching myself through books mm-hmm. um the first few um the first, like the last like seven or eight months i was at manja i was working the dinner shifts and i uh i went and picked out i picked up dale de Groff's craft of the cocktail mm-hmm. which is one of those like great books and then uh gaz reagan's book as well and i kind of just read through them and try to experiment with different things and um figure out what what good cocktails were and kind of master the classics uh, and then when I moved over to uh, Sanctuaria, Joe Dubner, who was the manager at mm. that point, uh, really was the guy that kind of like taught me the, the ropes mm. of, you know, what it means to build a cocktail in the right way and mm-hmm. how to work in a cocktail bar and what, what, you know, a lot of ingredients were. And that was like the first place where I was introduced to like making your own uh, tonic syrup or, you know, mm. brown butter cordial or... You know, all the kind of crazy stuff that they do in their cocktails over there. and mm-hmm. So that was like a real eye-opener for me that I could, you know, create something, not just with different spirits, but like create something and put that thing in the drink. So that was a really exciting uh, revelation for me. Mm-hmm. And then I just, I, I'm constantly reading and learning and looking, watching videos mm. and cool. take online classes. Mm. And we, uh, we're we luck- really lucky we have a great... Uh, usbg guild here in st louis mm-hmm. um and they do every quarter they do a big like uh education seminar so mm-hmm. i always try to go to those whenever i have the opportunity and you know honestly just like a lot of times it's just talking to the other bartenders around town and going to see what they're doing and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. finding interesting things and incorporating those ideas back into something else yeah mm-hmm. very cool are there people I guess either in town or out of town that you don't know maybe who really inspire you with what they're doing these days? Um, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Morgenthaler in Portland is definitely, I would say one of my like bartender guys. He's Mm -hmm. he's one of the people that I really like look up to the way that he runs his bar and the ethos that he runs his bar Mm -hmm. with is Mm -hmm. something that I think is kind of at the heart of what is going on right now and what is going to be happening moving forward with the cocktail world it's Mm -hmm. not a snooty or better than you Mm. idea it's you know we're here to make you happy and Mm. you know if you want an amaretto sour we're going to make you the best amaretto sour possible Mm. Mm -hmm. and what uh is the name of the place he's at uh pepe lamoco Uh is um Mm. the name of the restaurant that he runs okay so what do you want to be when you were a kid oh what did i want to be when i was a kid um (laughs) Well, when I was a little kid, I really wanted to be a uh, cowboy. Oh, wow. Um, 
Hmm. That's a new one. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I had like a, a lasso and a little vest and chaps, and I, I had a pretend herd of cattle in my mom and dad's <laughs> backyard that I would herd with my imaginary best friend. And, nice. Neat. Uh, I was really, really excited about doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> as I, as I grew older, I, um, I got more and more into like history and that's, that is what I eventually went to college for. Hmm. Um, I did not obviously end up doing that. Um, but it did teach me how to, a very great appreciation of the way that history interacts with our modern culture and of the history. And it's part of the reason I think I love cocktails so much is because there's such a deep history behind every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a particular uh, style of history that you studied or that you were drawn to? Uh, I was mostly interested in the classics. So I minored in classics. Hmm. So I took a bunch of Latin and Mm -hmm. a little bit of Greek. Um, Took a lot of classes about uh, Greek culture and architecture Mm. and history and philosophy. um, It was just really fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always kind of been interested in... When I was a kid, I was really interested in, like, the Roman legions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I got older, I, you know, I delved deeper into that society. And it's just a very interesting, so different from ours, but so similar in so many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a lot of the stuff that we have now. And it's um, kind of interesting to look back and see how they handled it. Mm. Okay. And where did you go to school at? I went to UMSL. Oh, okay. Oh, cool. yes. yeah. Got it. Got a degree in, in history? or mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, history and then a minor in classics and minor art history. Nice. Very mm-hmm. good. Um, so when you're working at your bar, your restaurant, creating your drinks, serving your drinks, do you, do you consider yourself kind of an artsy, creative person? Um, respect? I would say so. Yeah. yeah. Um, there is, there is a, there is a definitely an aspect of creativity that you have to put into, um, drinks when you're making them mm-hmm. um otherwise you kind of end up with the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again sure. mm-hmm. uh it's also very much a craft i mean i think mm. that's why we call it craft bartending mm. um is because it's something that you've learned over a long period of time and you're continually practicing and honing your craft it's mm-hmm. not just something you you know it's like people ask me if i go to bar if i have if i went to bartending school to learn how to be a bartender and there are there are schools out there where you can go learn to be a bartender but i think the best people that are doing this right now are people that learn from people who know more than they do and they take what they know and they continue to grow with it and learn more and uh, hone it mm-hmm. and that's just it's the same as if i you know like if you're a carpenter you know you learn your carpentry from a master and you take those skills mm-hmm. and you continue until you eventually hopefully become a master yeah hmm. cool is there a particular um skill or some idea right now that you're trying to master um well i think right now it's um sherry mm. kind of that's the the, okay. the uh it's i kind of realized i had a conversation with a guest where, like, he wanted something, and I didn't really know what he wanted, mm. and it was, like, this weird, I was like, man, I really don't understand the world of port and sherry and Madeira, mm. and hmm. so I was like, oh, that's that's kind of a big hole. I mean, I've used mm. it in cocktails before, and I have mm. a basic idea of what it is and mm. how it's created, but I, really, I should really know more about this. Like, mm. what's the... Mm. You know the major differences and what the aging processes do and why this came about um, mm. so that's kind of my thing right now it was tequila and mezcal for a long mm. time uh, when i when i when we were first opening Nixta, mm-hmm. um 
again, I had like the basic idea of what it was, but, uh, it, it wasn't until I like really dived into it that like, it's pretty amazing how interwoven tequila and mezcal is in Mexican culture, not mm-hmm. just as the drink, but as like the process of making it and as a way of living for people. Uh, and just like how the advancement of culture in Mexico with the mingling of the native culture and the Spanish culture kind mm. of like produced this thing we call tequila, which is, mm. you know, in a lot of people's minds, completely different from mezcal. They don't really know that mezcal was the original mm. version of it. And then tequila kind of is taken and it's <clears throat> shown off as like a modern version of this homey thing that they used to make and this is like the cleaner better version and it gets shipped out a little mm. more often and people get more exposure to it mm. uh, and then you know mezcal kind of just gets pushed into the back and now luckily it's finally coming up to the fore again because yeah. it's it's amazing i mm-hmm. mean it's it's a fantastic spirit that i think more mm. people should get into it's just as complicated as scotch or wine Absolutely. or yeah. anything else out there yeah mm. nix is doing a really good job of bringing i think a lot of obscure things that are that are not easily found. Well, I mean, it's, it's not like you're like. I heard some people go in there. They expect chips and salsa for free, and they expect you know margaritas with the slushy ice and everything. They're yeah, a little put put aback by that. Yeah, we definitely we've had some pushback from us from doing a more traditional um, Mexican food. Mm-hmm. Um, Chef Teo is from Mexico. Um, a lot of the dishes on there are like some of his family's recipes that he's mm. brought over and. He also uses like more modern techniques to bring about some of the flavors in his food, but mm. it's done in a kind of a more traditional way. Like, no, you don't get free chips and salsa. Um, <laughs> our our margaritas all come in one size. Um, <laughs> but, in a giant globe with a little umbrella. Yeah, and little... but it's all it's it's you know it's made with juice that we juice fresh every day, yeah. and it's made with really quality ingredients. Yeah. And, you know, each margarita is built by one of the bartenders every time you order it. We don't, mm. like, pour it from a tap. It's just <laughs> built and shaken and served to you. Yeah. And mm-hmm. They're really, really good. I mean, I yeah. think there's some of the best margaritas yeah. I've ever had. Oh, the Ocho cocktail. I like that one a lot. Yeah, the Ocho. That was, I was pretty, pretty, pretty uh, proud of that one. Is it yours? That is mine, yeah. Awesome. I love that one, um, yeah. So, yeah, it's the, the, you can get the smokiness from the mezcal, yeah. and then it's, you got the lime and the grapefruit, so you get a little bit of bitterness in there, and then Luxardo yeah. adds that dry sweetness, and then uh, we were really lucky to get some uh, ghost pepper tincture mm. from mm. Uh, Dirty Girl Farms. Mm. We had, I found this like bottle lying around in Olio, and I was like, well, I gotta use this for something, <laughs> and I was like, well, I do have a Mexican restaurant right across the street that I'm running the bar for, so yeah. I kind of played around with it. It's not much more than a variation on a Hemingway daiquiri, but um, the components work really well together, and it's super tasty. Yeah, yeah, it's very smooth. I was expecting to be kind of trying a little, uh, but no, it's very smooth. And like, uh, you know, um, that's one thing about Planner's House is the daiquiris program they have there. Like the the old style daiquiris, not like the daiquiris, like you know, like slushy ice and, you know, shitty rum. It's actually good quality stuff, Mm -hmm. a lot of variety in it. Mm-hmm. They yeah, had, they had one that had like mole bitters in it. Ooh, and yeah. I think Campari too. It's just oh, really yeah. good. It's just really wonderful. Um, I'm trying to remember. It was like two, three years ago when we first opened. They had that. But. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, the daiquiri is one of those those great classic cocktails that serve as a base for so many other things. It's actually it's one of those cocktails that like when I walk into a bar and I don't know anything about the bar and they have a cocktail program, I'll, I'll order a daiquiri. And if a daiquiri mm. is good, then I know that I know what they're doing. That's the way I'm with an old fashioned. Mm, yeah, that's another. That's another great one to do. 
because it seems so simple on the surface. It's a yeah. few ingredients, but so easy to mess up. Like, mm. I mean, you've I've had some pretty terrible old fashions. Yes, mm. I have too. Um, <laughs> that's okay. But yeah. some amazing, amazing ones too. Right. Yeah. Like at the Libertine, Ben Bauer. Um, I said well, I didn't know him at all. So make me an old fashioned. So what type of? What do you want in? Oh, whatever you decide. So you made you made one made with cognac. Yeah. He said that's the way it originally was made with cognac. Yeah. Uh, I know it's a big it's, thing it's in um, Wisconsin. Hmm. That's like the, that's like their that's their version of the old fashioned as they use it as that. I thought it was delightful. Um, it's just wonderful. Hmm. Yeah. That's how I was first introduced to it too. The brandy old fashioned. Ben Bauer used to come in uh, to Sanctuary after he got off work at hmm. Libertine. Hmm. And he'd almost always get a Brandy old fashioned. Mm. Now, were you working at Sanctuary during the uh, Will Pelly time? Yes. So Will Pelly was my chef. Mm-hmm. When we were there, yeah, he, he was, is quite the character. He is certainly a character. <laughs> uh, that is a great way to put it. There's a there's this story that I love to tell people that I work with. Oh, um, so when we were when he was the chef there, he was always really cool with me. Mm. I never, um, but he used to come up to the bar after he would get off, and he would order a shot of Old Overholt whiskey, mm. uh, which is like with our rail, and then mm. he would also order a uh, Ramos Gin Fizz. Which, if you don't know, it's this cocktail that's delicious. It's like an alcoholic milkshake, mm. but it takes seven minutes to make because you have to shake it so hard mm. and so long to get the froth in it, right? Mm. And so he would order both of those, and then you'd like make it, and you put it down in front of him, and he'd slam the shot of Old Overholt, and then he would down the drink mm. you just spent seven minutes mm. making and like two drinks as his chaser. Mm. And it was just like, oh, man. I can see him like taking the shot and just staring at you, make it the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> like, just laughing at you. <laughs> so your uh, you know, your history degree is that really kind of prepared you to really study the history of the cocktail? It does. I mean, the cocktails you know, have been a part of American history, mm-hmm. um, not in the the iteration it is now, but I mean, even going back to um, the colonial days, like people mixed spirits and beer with eggs and they heated them with pot pokers and there's all people have always been you know ever since america has been here we've been mixing spirits together to like trying to make them taste better Hmm. uh you know and we had a big punch phase and then in the early 1800s is when we finally start getting cocktails as we think about them now Hmm. um you know people like jerry thomas um and then they kind of die out during prohibition Hmm. um because basically all these bartenders who were this like and this long line of the craft hmm. couldn't work anywhere yeah. anymore unless they wanted to go work in an illegal speakeasy. Sure. So they, they up and left and they went to Paris and they went to London and that's when their cocktail scenes kind of started hmm. to flourish a little bit more. And, you know, we were kind of left in the, after Prohibition in the 40s and 50s, we were left with this like old fashioned Manhattan martini. Like the classics that we all think of as cocktails now were just kind of those like die hard. Like you can't, they're so popular, you couldn't kill them. Yeah. Um, but then we have all these books left over from there, luckily, that we were able to go back and kind of rebuild what they were doing back then, and now we've taken it even further. Well, one thing, uh, I can't remember who I was talking, I think I was talking to uh, Sasha and Joshua, and uh, they said something like, some of the cocktails we have now are from the Prohibition era because they had really shitty, shitty alcohol, and they had to put something in to hide the flavor, how bad it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's definitely some classic cocktails, that we consider classics that are from that era that are just... Yeah, it's sometimes you just need something to cover up the terrible taste of alcohol. Which, you know, if you're making bathtub gin, you don't want to taste the bathtub gin. But if Fair you can enough. throw some lime juice and a little bit of blue curacao in there, and oh, yeah. 
Mm. Yeah. Sounds a little bit better at that point. Sure. And it's blue, yeah. so like, yeah. that's always nice. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And was the drink you made for the was it the Fox River or was it called? The Fox River. Yeah, mm. that's um that's one of my favorite classics partially because no one really knows has never heard of it and it's it's a just a really simple twist on an old fashioned but also because of the story that is behind it. It's called the Fox River because the Fox River is this river outside of um Chicago, uh, where Al Capone had a lot of his like storage houses for his booze uh, during Prohibition, uh, and the Fox River was apparently the drink that they would knock back while they were, you know, guarding the river, mm. making sure none of the Prohibition agents or police came in and mm. took all their stuff. And for those listening, what's in the Fox River? So the Fox River is a sugar cube soaked in peach bitters, mm. uh, a little bit of creme de cacao, and whiskey. Uh, and then instead of muddling the sugar cube like you would normally do with an old-fashioned, you actually just build the cocktail and give it a light stir, and you leave the sugar cube intact. So as you drink the drink, the sugar cube dissolves, releasing mm. the bitters in the sugar. So it gets a little sweeter, mm. a little more bitter, a little more complex as the drink goes on, which is super mm. cool, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah, I definitely liked it. And it's actually, that's one thing I like about some of the, I hate to say, but shitty old-fashioned they had some places, because the, the sugar is all at the bottom. They use like some shitty thing they got out of a box to mm-hmm. pour in the bottle, but um, then as they're drinking, it gets better and better because it's sweeter and sweeter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, with the rail whiskey they put in it, kind of. So yeah, it was actually a good experience. And they have the 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 day glow orange or red uh, cherries yeah. in there. You know, and it's kind of it's like you know it's actually it's kind of nice in its own way. You know, it's kind of a just like I enjoy a fish fillet sandwich. I'm not gonna say it's a top of dining, but I enjoy the hell out of that. Yeah, man. Sometimes oh. you just gotta drink what you drink what you want. Yeah. <laughs> um, shit, I still I still drink uh, whiskey and coke sometimes. Yeah, I get I've, I've graduated to Jameson and cokes. All right, there you go. You got one up on me. But it's yeah, you just you know for old times' sake. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Or you mm. drink uh, you know I still drink paps and stag when I go mm. out at night. Yeah. I don't want to spend eight dollars on a craft beer. I'm just like, all I want to do is drink a beer really fast. Yeah. Sure. Well, when I see like a bartender is really busy at the smash, I'm not gonna order a really hard to make cocktail. I'll order a shot or a beer, or a combination of the two, or something very simple, you know, very yeah. easy to make. Jack yeah. and Coke. Yeah. yeah. We Jason always appreciate it. Mm. Yeah. You get that one easy drink after you made a bunch of cocktails. Like, oh thank God, I'm just gonna. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I do this in my sleep. Mm. Let's talk food stuff. Food stuff. All yeah. Right. I assume um, you eat stuff, too. You don't just, you know, make cocktails. Yeah, yeah, I do eat stuff. Awesome. <laughs> I do like eating stuff, too. Yeah. Um, do you have any places in town that you've had a, a dish or a meal or even a drink or anything that you think people should know about? Um, well, I think Retreat Gastropub, mm-hmm. um, which oh, is yeah. which is already, I mean, very popular. But if you haven't been there, you need to go there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim makes amazing drinks he's super into tiki stuff so if you've never had a great tiki drink before that's a good place to go (laughs) Mm -hmm. to have a good one um and their burger with the egg sunny side up in there Mm. and they do their fries like in the french style where they're like thin and crispy Mm. it's amazing well we've been there so many times we've not had their burger yet though is it just a brunch thing or is it really no it's it's as far as i know it's all the time Uh, every time i've had it it's been later you know because it's Usually when bartenders get to go places, it was when a little bit later if we get off early, but yeah, well, we see a lot of industry people at the retreat. Yeah, it's it's a definitely it's a great industry bar, and then of course you have the Scottish Arms across the street from mm, retreat, yeah. which is like one of the industry bars in in the city. 
because it's great and they take great care of you and mm-hmm. they have a great scotch and whiskey selection and yeah. great beer selection and it's just like a super chill place to hang out after you get off work. Any other places come to mind? Um, Brasserie was one of the first mm. like ecstatic meal experiences I ever had. Really? Was uh, it their burger as well? It or? was no. It was actually the Coca Vong. Mm. that I had and I'd never I'd never had it before I'd never really heard of it this was kind of like when I was just starting out in the restaurant industry and I was getting a little more like into the food and drink aspect of it and my my friend Jimmy um who lives in Chicago now um we, we went there together and it was probably like right after they opened and it was just the like when I first bit into it, I was like, I didn't know that food could taste this good. <laughs> it was just delicious. Nice. Yeah, Barla Fur has a really good cocoa as well. All right, well I'm going to go to Barla Fur yeah. then. They have a good cassoulet as well. Ooh, mm-hmm. nice. Yes. Yeah. French food. Yes, we, yeah. we love the French times. Oh we yes. Do. yes. I, I like the ecstatic meals experience. That's a good term. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, food gasm is another word. I'd yeah, yeah, it's, it's like, good. Yeah. Good it, it, it's a, it's another it's just a, it's a total it's another level of uh, eating yeah it's good to have it's good to experience it is cool um, yeah um, I would say also Elia if you guys mm. haven't been to Elia before we haven't yeah it's kind of funny that's, that's a budget thing for us oh it's not, it, yeah. it's not like yeah. that but also like we usually just like going to Elia yeah yeah we just love that casual experience and like we mm-hmm. know everybody there and just have a great time so it's just like uh you know, we could go to Elia, but yeah. how, is Prince Elia? Or Elia. Elia. Yeah, so it is Prince Elia, so. Mm-hmm. But, he's like, yeah, let's go to Elia. That's what we really feel like doing, so. Um, yeah. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, it's definitely. Chef ben is great. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, Ben Groupie, his, yeah. he's an amazing chef. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. They recently, him and his team won a gold in the Culinary yeah. Olympics, yeah. so that was uh-huh. super awesome. Yep. Yes. Um, but yeah, he's kind of like a hidden gem. He's not really, mm-hmm. doesn't, he's not a big name right now. I'm sure he will be very soon, but his food is amazing, mm-hmm. uh, and the team up there that work with him is amazing, yeah. and it's been one. Of, it's been a great pleasure working with them to right. like you know we do cocktail pairings sometimes some of the nights with the food, which is a lot of fun, and just you know his like depth of knowledge on stuff, and you know if mm-hmm. I'm ever like stymied on a question for something, I can always just go up and ask him, and he mm-hmm. almost cool. always has an answer for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. That's cool. just it's been a, it's been a pleasure working with him for sure. Cool. cool. Um. Thinking about, let's go back to when you were a kid, growing mm-hmm. up, that sort of thing. Do you have any food or drink memories from growing up, or cooking memories? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, one of my earliest is those Mickey Mouse Pops with, like, the gumball nose mm-hmm. and, like, the chocolate ears. Yeah. Huh. Um, and it's, like, tied to my grandmother, who passed away when I was really young, but, like, my most vivid memory of her is we would, my parents would drop us off at her house... Um, and they would go on dates, I'm assuming. I don't know when I was like four, but... Um, and when we were good, which we were always good, we got we got Mickey Mouse Pops. And mm-hmm. it was just... Uh, I thought that was the coolest thing because we didn't get them at home. And I just thought it was like this special secret mm-hmm. that Grandma had that she had these like Mickey Mouse Pops. Mm-hmm. Um, other food. Um, my, my mother's um, uh, fruit salad that she makes for Easter... Is always mm. something that I've, I think I'll always remember. Mm. I'm not really, she, uh, I, it's just, it's, you know, it's just like fresh fruit cut up and tossed with like a little bit of like honey water and, mm. uh, but it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my Aunt Virginia's, uh, apple pie. Mm. Um, these are apples like 
Aunt Virginia lived on a farm in a house with no, the only running water was like the hand pump in the mm. kitchen and uh, her stove was wood fired wow. and they had an outhouse. And so this <laughs> is like wow. rustic yeah. living. Um, but every Thanksgiving she would come over and we had a Thanksgiving party. She would bring over her uh, apple pie and it was just the most amazing thing. And when she found out I loved it so much, she started bringing two pies, one for everyone else <laughs> and then one pie for me. Wow. Wow. Jackpot. Do you have the recipe? Yes, she gave it to my my mom. Yeah. When she uh, right before she passed away, mm-hmm. mm. uh, and we've made it a couple times, but I don't know. It's just it's never been quite the same. It's yeah. I think it's something to do with like the just like like I said like the craft. Like she mm. had made that pie so many times that she knew how to make that mm. apple pie perfectly. Yeah, I like that. Good answer. Mm. Um, I think I just have like two questions left for you. Just all right, wrapping things up. So, um. Can you tell us where can people find you in person and online? In person and online. Yes. Um, in person, uh, most days right now, I'm at Olio. Uh, I guess by the time this airs, I will be at Taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, I should be there most days, as far as I know. We haven't really figured out schedule, but I would assume Wednesday through Saturday, I'd be there every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, online, I have a uh, Instagram account, uh, it's DL underscore drinks, mm-hmm. um, and that's just mostly professional stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't have any Facebook or anything. Yeah. I kind of got off that a while ago, but I do love Instagram. Okay. I'm, I try to post as much as possible, and mm-hmm. I like seeing other people's cocktails too. So. Yeah, you post Oops. your creations mainly? Yeah. Okay, very that's cool. That's mostly what it is. There's like a few pictures of my dog, but... Yeah. That's okay. He's That's important. Cute. Yeah, he's cute. he deserves it. What type of dog do you have? Uh, he's uh, some sort of like pit bull something. We rescued him. Oh. Uh, my friend Brendan um, had a dog, and Louie is my dog's name. Uh, they were like driving down the street and with their windows rolled down, and like they stopped, and Louie literally like jumped in <laughs> to his car wow. and like just like made friends, and so they took him home and cleaned oh, him up. Oh my and, gosh. Um, I then you know he's like. He offered to let me have him, and I, I've, I took him, and we've been together for almost nine years now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Oh, jeez. Cool. Wow. Good dog. He's a great yeah. dog, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great. Uh, well, this has been really fun. I'm yeah. starting to feel this drink. Yeah. <laughs> this is tasty. Um, so, Drew, last question for you. Uh, do you have any asks or requests for the people listening? Ooh, I don't know if you have any requests. Anything be nice, at all. Be nice to your bartenders. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's something. We're people, too. Yeah. I yeah. know sometimes we're not always the nicest people, hmm. but we yeah. try to be, and we try to make you guys have a good time. Mm-hmm. You have the hardest job in the house, you ask me. Yeah. it's It can be very intense. Um, go, out, go out and eat and drink more. It's fun. Support support not just me, but everyone in this industry. We're all, we're all a family in St. Louis, so... Yep. Once, you know, one person prospers, we all prosper. Yeah. Cool. Good. Good answer. Well, thanks for doing this, Drew. Yeah, this no. Fun. Thank you for uh, yeah. having me on. It's nice. Cool. Excellent. Cheers. Cheers. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, would you consider giving this podcast a rating and review on iTunes? It would be really helpful to us to help get the word out about what we're doing. Do you enjoy hearing our random conversations? To ensure that we can keep the randomness up, please help us out by becoming a monthly sponsor to our Patreon account. 
we have several levels of sponsorship where you can be rewarded with cool stuff. You can donate at patreon.com slash weeatstuff. Thanks! And so one last thing for this weekend in St. Louis, you can find Charlie and myself judging the cocktail competition at the Central West End Cocktail Party. Uh, this is going to be a huge event where they close down the streets and have tons of food and drink that you can buy. And this is all to celebrate the 100-year anniversary of the first cocktail party, which supposedly happened in St. Louis. So come by and say hi, you guys. Please join us next week for another interview. But in the meantime, go out there and eat stuff. Bye! Bye!